Wait for it. Wait for it. Here we go again, Amar. Wow. I don't want to be more than friend. That was... That, I didn't um, realize... Hold on. I didn't realize the lyric was that. Take a, take a guess. I don't want to be friends. Panic at the Disco. One more time. <laughs> you just take any white singer. Panic at the Disco. <laughs> That's slightly emo. This is Neon Trees. The song is called Animal. Oh, great tune, man. Um, I just feel like guys always know. Like, I'm calling, I'm calling guys out, you know, because we all know too much, and we care about ah. the lyrics, right? And I want to be more than friends. I feel like you set that one up. Oh, you're you're you're, you're in my you house. Think, you're thinking <laughs> you're thinking this is how I would do it, eh? Yeah, like guys are very strategic with what they do. No. Oh, so you're thinking that was a hint. No, I'd probably do it in a little bit more of an artsy way. I wouldn't be like, hey, Amar, listen, the public's listening right now, and I just oh. want to tell you I want to be more than friends. You're more vague? No, I'm more like, I, what I'd do is I'd make you think it first, and then you'd, and I'd test them, and I'd be like, what? No, what are you, unless you're cool with it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Mind gaze, baby. Have you ever done like a vague-ass tweet? Uh, oh, you know, yeah, like subtweeting? A, oh, mm. man, who hasn't subtweeted? I mean, I try to avoid... Here's what happens. When I'm on Twitter, so many times I will type something out and I'm like, no, this is mean or it's just too aggressive. <laughs> so then I delete it. But at least I got it out of my system and I'm like, okay, I'm still funny. Yeah, yeah, you still you wrote know? it down. Because the problem is you look at the stuff that goes viral and it's this snobby, like kickback type of chirp tweets. Mm. And so naturally I could see kids and Twitter users wanting to do that. And so I get caught in that. I'm like, no, I can't take part in this. Because I've always been a future thinker, thanks to anxiety, to be honest. Mm. I always think, will this haunt me later on? More than I think people think I think like that. That's a, truly a superpower. It, I always think, like, will this affect me later on? If I say this now, could times be different? Of course. Times can always be different. Damn. Anyway. My friend just became a viral sensation on Twitter. Who? And had Tom Hanks read out his tweet, no, bro. No, He went viral before Tom Hanks. Um, shout out Cody Bondarchuk. Is it, yeah, um, it must be, sounds like your friend. You don't know his name. <laughs> shout out to uh, Cody, no, uh, my guy know, Cody. It's either Bondarchuk or Bondarchuk, but I think it's Bondarchuk. Anyways, uh, he's the guy who tweeted. I don't know if you saw this, but he's like, uh, worked f at McDonald's for two years, and I always put eleven pieces of nuggets in the ten piece. And his that tweet just went super viral. Oh, I didn't see. And this. everyone's like making him a superhero. Oh, it was beautiful. And Tom Hanks read his tweet. Wow. Shout outs to you if you work at McDonald's and you put one piece of chicken McNugget. One extra, more. eh? Where did, you know, I dropped my bottle cap from my bottle on the ground and it's gone. That's Charlie again, man. The rug has it now. Charlie, Charlie, come here. Sorry, guys. This is this is episode number two where I'm hollering at Charlie from across the room. <laughs> there he is. Look, he's so, he's so well-mannered. Can you please bring back the bottle cap? Bring it back, man. Come. Bro, he doesn't even have it. What's that by his foot? No. That's literally his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dog's foot is located on his nose. Uh, okay, today's episode is dedicated right. to one of you guys listening. Mm. I'm obviously not going to say who it is, but I received a pretty detailed uh, email or DM on Instagram asking about imposter syndrome. Uh, they had basically said without reading the entire thing or without reading the email 
they basically said they're recently diagnosed with imposter syndrome and they want to know how they can deal with it, uh, what our take is on it, and, and how they could get over it. Yeah. Uh, Full disclosure, uh, when we discussed this episode before, mm-hmm. I honestly had no idea that you can even be diagnosed with... Like, I feel like I know a lot about like mental health, but not... I actually didn't know you could be diagnosed with imposter syndrome. So I think you could I have a lot of reading to do. I think you could technically be diagnosed with anything. Like, right. like uh, I don't. I think imposter syndrome is more of a phenomenon that goes on in your head rather than a condition. Well, well, yeah, but but it's like so. Let's take the phenomenon route. It's like you know, like there are times when you can like feel anxious, right? No, do you know? And, what, do you yeah, know what it is. Uh, imposter syndrome? Yeah. Like, I, I thought I knew it, but <laughs> but I, I never knew you could get, like, diagnosed with it, right? So, uh, but now I've taken the approach of, like, okay, you know what? Just like how sometimes you can feel anxious. Right. And sometimes you can feel like you're an imposter or have imposter syndrome. Right. It's kind of, like, a huge leap then to go from feeling anxious to actually having anxiety. And it's also a huge leap from feeling I like see, an imposter okay, I, and having imposter syndrome. I see exactly what you're getting at. Yeah. Um. To me, they're a little bit different because you're right. Whenever somebody says, oh, like tests give me anxiety, there's a difference between having anxiety and yeah. knowing what it actually feels like and categorizing your your traditional nerves as anxiety. Mm. There is a big difference. But with imposter syndrome, in this, guys, with every topic we talk about, a lot of it is just our own opinion on it. So don't don't get offended if we might address it in an incorrect way. If you feel the need to correct us, feel free. Like we're open to it. We don't want to say something that's completely false, mm-hmm. but imposter syndrome is, um, it's, it's to me, it's like a household cough of your confidence. Like it's like a cold. Okay. It's, uh, it's categorized as a psychological pattern, uh, in an individual where it is basically chronic self doubt. Okay. Let me, let me word that yeah. even break it down even more. Um, so to put it simply, it is the experience of feeling like a phony. You feel as though at any moment you're going to be found out as a fraud. Like you don't belong where you are and you only got there because of dumb luck. Damn. Okay, maybe a handout or... Um, what the biggest thing is people will look at Instagram or Facebook where you see someone that's like, oh, grind, grind, grind. And you think, wow, they're always working. And mm. I just won the award that they're in the same category for, but... They're always working. Look at these posts. But that could be all fake. Yeah. In fact, a lot of time it is fake. So it's a huge um, gap in perception and reality. It's a, As most mental health is. Yeah, I'd say true. Maybe, maybe, yeah, gap or it's a belief that yeah. where you're pegged on your status in your mind is a lot lower than where it should actually be. Yeah. And personally, before we get into actual tips from the internet, I would say I have experienced this. Um, I experienced it when I won an MMVA last summer. Uh, it was fan voted. I Right when I won it, I remember feeling not really like, ama- I was super shocked I won it, but I felt this sensation of, you know, there's so many people out there that also do YouTube or whatever. And it's yeah. like, why did I win? Like, I, man, I, I played Xbox for an hour yesterday. You know, like these irrational things come in yeah. and you start start to not give yourself credit. Nuts. And so, I think, uh, sorry, you're I think a part of it might be because 
um, we are grown up to, to, to say like, don't, don't be too cocky. Yeah. And what happens is we start to think if anytime we self-support ourselves, it's categorized as cocky or, or our ego is being stroked. It's like, since when has it been bad to support yourself? No. You know, and I think that might play into this. For sure. And I think, you know, I think many of us maybe have experienced times of, you know, feeling like an imposter. But what's, what was important about that definition that you said was like, there's a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. And I just can't even like get my head wrapped around that of like being in a, in a, living a life where it's like the pattern is that you feel that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, when you won the MMVA, you felt like that. But imagine every day that you go into work, you feel like that. And I think a lot of people right? do. And, and people do, right? Yeah. But like that pattern is, that's that's the next level. That's, uh, you know. I, I could see it happening um, because what happens, you, you look at someone that made it, okay? Yeah. And their PR team or the marketing team will throw so many facts about why they were up against tough odds. Because an underdog story is so much better. I know Justin Bieber's story has been inflated and embellished. Mm. I know that for a fact because I know a ton of people that are from Stratford where he grew up that knew his parents, that one of them was his basketball coach, my friend from college. So I look at the story they tell about him versus the, the actual story of what he was actually like. Mm. It's different but because his PR team knows to boost him up. It's, it's crazy. He came from nothing. It was an underdog. So, so when you look at that and then you look at your success and you're like, well, I didn't have it as hard. Yeah. So maybe I don't really deserve it because you don't have to have it hard to be successful. So many people think you have to come from nothing to really earn it. And that's not true. <laughs> I can't stand when people start to sort of shit on the, the, the wealthy that are becoming more wealthy, like, like Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Yes, her opportunities are different. Of course they are. She was exposed to professionals at, at any point in time. For sure. But you can't just create a makeup line that's over a billion dollars. You know how many people try to do that and fail and they have celebrity status? Yeah. So you don't have to come from nothing to be categorized as a true success. Yeah, no, if, if, no one should take away that anyone's success. Uh, rich, poor, whatever. Uh, yeah, and it's true. A lot of the poor, the underdog stories are, a lot of them are embellished. Mm -hmm. uh, shout outs to you if you found success of any level, but like, Look, I know there's a ton of legit stories of people that had it hard, and I respect the hell out of them. But yeah. there's also a bunch, like, you know, I was watching a movie um, yesterday, and I remember seeing this one scene. You know, okay, sorry, it was um, Inside Out, the mm. movie Inside Out, Pixar. Mm. Yeah. The, like, five people in the brain. Yes, I That's love how I think it. of my brain. Mine, too. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. I, I wanted to watch it because of how beautifully creative yeah. Disney has created mental health in a kid's head. But there was one scene where the kid was being born and the dad goes, ah, our bundle of joy. And I'm like, no human says that. <laughs> if, if my future wife just gives birth and she goes, my, our bundle of joy, I'd be like, what did you just say? Like, that is so awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we ain't in a movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but there's a lot Breaks of, up right there. <laughs> there's a lot of movies like Hallmark movies too, yeah. right? That, that play this... This card of cuteness and, and sincerity that isn't actually authentic. A family that... Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like like Lizzie McGuire. I remember, I remember watching Lizzie McGuire and oh, seeing the relationship. Hot topic. Hot take, Dan. Let me tell you. There's a lot of people that like Lizzie McGuire. No, 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 no. I liked it because I watched it, right? Mm. But 
one thing I could never understand was her relationship with her parents were so damn friendly, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But my mom has always had this, this saying, mm. parents, not pal. Okay, so whenever my dad would joke with me and my brothers too much, she'd go, parent, not pal. Right? And then damn. we'd have to, like, reestablish. It was, it was always kind of a funny joke. She didn't enforce it too hard. But I grew up with that mentality. Your parent is your parent. Yeah, she held the line. Yeah. Because if they make it your friend, the respect thing becomes weird. Have you ever been to a friend's house and they're like, shut up, mom? <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, you talk to your mom like that? Yeah. When they actually talk to their mom like that, it's a, it's a no-go for me. That's like a deal breaker. 100%. You know, I, really. I make some jokes with my mom for sure. And, uh, you know, I've gotten in trouble, in my own trouble of like, you know, making her more of a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, Lizzie McGuire, the way she talks to her parents... Just or her, the way her parents talk to her. It's like, like, hey, honey, I don't know. <laughs> I can't do it, but no, it's just, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like the, what I'm trying to get at here is we often, comp- you have to look at what you're comparing it to. Yeah. Are you comparing it to an outside shell of a social media personality? If so, just know that there's an underlining goal to make themselves look good. A celebrity, same thing. Mm. Like um, TV shows. It has to make sense. Yeah, there's an underlining strategy for everything. Everything. Everything is meant to make us all look good because looking good sells good. You know, yeah. like keep that in mind. So when you win an award and you just remember wiping your ass upside down, like everybody wipes their ass. <laughs> you know, you're not the only one that does it. But what happens is you don't see them and you're convinced that they're perfect. Yeah. I mean, let's take someone that is so amazing. Oprah Winfrey. Mm. Even Oprah takes dumps, man. Wipes her ass. <laughs> or wipes her ass. You know, like. Yeah, I'm visualizing that. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's all you. <laughs> it's just to, to point out that what you might be comparing yourself to behind the scenes, yeah, it's not fair because you're not really knowing if you're comparing your, your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight yeah. reel, you know? Also, behind the scenes of shitting, I have a full-out bidet in oh my, my toilet. Okay, Jesus, I'm inviting man. Dan to like use the washroom, man, because... I'm trying to eat me. as much carbs right now so I can use it. I don't wipe my ass, bro. This I'm like a... He's Korean dictator over here. I'm <laughs> he showed me he's he's like, you know, I'll give you a tour of my house. I'm like, cool. He's like, we're gonna start with the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's, it's the most important part. It's a little bizarre. <laughs> so we go in there and there's this like computerized pod of yeah. whatever just on the wall. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, man. I'm and not he, trying to wipe my ass. Oprah can do that. I'm not down to do that. This this has he's got a control panel to, on the, that's attached <laughs> to the wall that is separate from his toilet. It's so so you click it, it like opens up, it's a heated seat. Yeah. There's one button that says for her. <laughs> She's like a little, uh, a little uh, vagina cleaner. <laughs> what? What, do you, what? What does that do? It's like the bidet, just like would overextend and just go to the hit, front. Hit the front, yeah. No. Yeah, it literally says for her. <laughs> I was like, you okay. definitely use that for your balls. <laughs> <laughs> for her? Oh yeah. This is gonna be. Yeah, I'll show you who it's for. <laughs> it's for these guys. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Let's get back to imposter syndrome. Yeah. Okay, so now I want to give you guys uh, seventeen ways. To overcome it. These are not from me personally. This is from lifehacker.com. I will, or we will, commentate on whether or not these would work, right? Number one is the worst advice I've ever seen on the internet. Oh, God. (laughs) It says, come off it. What? Come off it. Like, just stop doing it. Like, Ah, just don't worry about it. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, thanks for that one. If it was that easy, (laughs) none of us would have it. All right. Moving on to number two. (laughs) Number two, accept that you have had some role in your success. Yes. Uh, huge role. Huge role. Not some, huge role. Um, I'm going to pick your MMVA win as like, you know, uh, a reference point. Right. It's 
it's hard to believe that you know it wouldn't be your success. Obviously, you owe it to the fans and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's still your success. You know, sure, some people might have more views or whatever, but it's your connection with the fans that right. really made right. that. You know, man, it was a, it was a whack ass time, and I could look at it in, in hindsight to say like, my girlfriend had just broken up with me, and so I was feeling like a loser. You feel a big sense of rejection, yeah. and then when you win an award, like I did a piece of art actually, where it says winner, winner in gold all behind me. It's like mm-hmm. a, my, my uh, press photo of winning the award. And then on my shirt, it says loser. And it's like, cause that's at the time. That's what I felt like. And it's such a bizarre thing. Cause that was the ultimate peak Damn. of winning. Right. So sometimes, yeah, you might not be in the right headspace because of life's events that might've gotten to you. But as long as you can deconstruct it later on and say, no, you know what? You're right. I hosted talent shows in high school. I did YouTube before YouTube existed. Mm. I made videos before YouTube existed. I've been doing this for like 12 years. It's about time I got recognition in that form. So now I can look at it and say, I definitely deserve this. Yeah. Um, Number three is focus on providing value. So if you feel like a fraud and you're concerned about yourself, then try to find ways that you can actually find value that you categorize as value. I like that one. Yeah, so you feel like an imposter because you're not helping around the house? Cut the grass because you can visually see the grass getting cut. It needs to be cut. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. uh, No, but like be more practical, you know, just focus on the practicality and things that you can actually prove. Like, yeah, 100%. Do things that have evidence to it. 100%. I'm not sure I understand. What? That's you. That's me. That's you. Yeah. You you must have said Siri or something. Um. Keep a file of people saying nice things about you. Oh my God, is this true? Oh my God. Keep a file? So this will be harder for the average, I will admit. Here we go. Uh, When I get a nice comment on YouTube, overly nice, a a paragraph or even a DM, Mm. I save them and I put them in a folder on my my iPhone. And I don't do that to say, like, look how great I am. I do it for my own well-being to say, in those times of doubt, which I have all the time, I go back and say, no, you are helping people, Dan. Like this person has said that you've helped them multiple times through hard times in their life. Damn. Accept it and, and absorb it. I don't know who who Chairboy42 is, but I don't know what he looks like, but I do know that he had the idea to type this out. Wow. That I've got value. Cray. You know Mind what, blown it's on like, that one. Uh, That's on, amazing. On your birthday. You know, yeah. when your friends wish you happy birthday. Yeah. Or they, they say it, it's like, you have to accept that they're making time for you, and that that sometimes is their way of showing you that you have value. Yeah. Wow, that's real. I've never thought of th- that's a really good thing. I'd have Siri talk to me every day, like, "Your chair boy four twenty two said." Uh, <laughs> I'd be my this. own chair boy, bro. I, I would comment my own shit. When it first started happening, burner accounts. I would, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look what I got, guys. I would, um, I'd post it on Instagram. Yeah. And I, it was just so touching. It was so amazing. And then I started thinking, you know, this might become cocky from posting these. And then there was a time where mm. they, they didn't have any value to me. Wow. In a weird way. So I'm like, I get them so often. Like, oftentimes they say the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, okay, but show me some nasty comments. No, no. Because <laughs> I think people go there naturally. You know, Not, like, well, sometimes you hear good things about you, but in your head, like, it happens to many people. If, like, you say, Okay, but where are they? What's the bad? You know, like okay, sure, you're gonna tell me the good things, but like, what's the bad? And that's a bad know. thing to think. I don't crave bad comments. Really, no, no one craves it, but just people want to know that, you know, 
what's being said bad about them. I don't know. Would no. you? I would not at all want to know that. I've would, been there. You would, You want to know what, what bad things people are saying? But I actively seek it out of like, okay, Why? But what's bad? And what does that do for you? Not Nothing. It's pretty bad. It, it, it's pretty bad. But the thing is, I also don't get like, I don't get bothered. I don't get easily broken by those. Like I'm pretty good at like compartmentalizing things. I don't suggest it for many people. I don't. I don't know if... I wouldn't suggest it at I all. I think you are maybe packing it away and using it somewhere else because... If you're seeking, if you're like, hey, Dan, what, what do you hate about me? Like, I, I just really want to know. It won't bother me at all. Well, now I'm going to say something through my eyes, my opinion, which just has, z- you give it whatever value you want. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm pretty good at like compartmentalizing. In a previous job, I had to like represent like 30,000 students, right? So right. that's where I learned to me of like, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, everyone wants to have like a rock concert. You know, I have to plan a concert for like 3,000 people, right? It's like everyone wants to have a rock concert. Okay, but like your everyone is that the five friends that you have or 10 friends or 100 people that you talk to? Right. Or is it actually everyone? Right. Because from what I know, I've talked to 1,000 students and 30% of them want actually hip hop and rap and probably like 5% of them want rock. You right. Know? So right. I've been pretty good at like compartmentalizing stuff. So I wouldn't suggest that you actively seek out negative comments or whatever but like let's say when i make food or when i make drinks for people yeah like my friends will know this like i actively seek out but what's bad about it you know that's um, i think you should stop doing that i've said no from my my advice like you just spent all this time making these people a meal and they have the balls to still say what's wrong with it are you kidding most of the time they say it's amazing. You know what I mean? But like, if I'm actively seeking it out, it's like, to me, they're doing me a favor okay, by so, me. So, right. I see. There's a know. sense of learning. Yes. Through criticism. That's it. Constructive criticism. Of course. Always constructive. Is different. If you're like, hey, tell me something about my face set that you hate. Well, you, uh, I don't really like the way your nose. <laughs> what yeah. is like, that will do nothing. In fact, that would make your imposter syndrome worse. And I suggest staying away. Well, I think what Amar is trying to say is constructive criticism in his life, he finds value in. Yeah. Um, which is, a, I would say, a skill. Yes, and, and it's a skill both ways. It's a skill for the person to say it constructively, and it's also a huge skill for yourself to take it constructively yeah. or to ask for it constructively. Well, because so many things are not constructive. Yeah. Like, unless you're going to say, like, okay, Amar, this is a very good meal. I Personally, I would say you could use a little bit more salt. Mm. Well, that's a personal taste. Yeah. If it's like, hey, Amar, I'm a chef as well. And your sauce needs to be thicker. Yeah. This is what you can do. That's constructive criticism. There's a difference between personal taste and actual beneficial info. You know. Actually, my brother suggested. <laughs> shout out to my brother. He suggested we talk about <clears throat> constructive criticism, how to take it, how to ask for it, and how to give it. How to give it. But another episode. That'd be a good one. Actually. That's a really good one. Thanks for that, Amar's brother. Exactly. Okay. Sinan. Sinan. That's a cool name too. It is. Nice. Um, number five. Stop comparing yourself to that person. We've already talked about this. I don't want to go too far into it, but um, if you're, so they're saying if you're reading uh, autobiographies or biographies on Warren Buffett, John, John D. Rockefeller and Einstein, well, you're taking the greats of the greats and you're looking at their story, which you have to see, was it written by them? What's embellished? You guys won't realize, but like so much of the world is embellished. Yeah. So much of the world is embellished. No, I man, I don't like when people listen to like, or try to compare themselves to be that person. 
uh, we've talked about like regret before. Yeah. And the main reason I don't like that, this whole thing of like, I have no regrets and stuff. It's like, because I feel like when Kanye West says, I have no regrets in life, mm-hmm. a kid looks up at that and says, wow, Kanye West has no regrets in life. I should have no regrets in life. But it's like, bro, he's Kanye West. Do you have regrets in life? I don't. I, I, I do. I, I truthfully do. don't. Like I objectively do. Many regrets, but I'm okay with them. You know, like I've learned from them for sure, but like they're still so, regrets. And you, I wish I could have learned that without having done that. I think when it comes to regrets and thought processes there, it comes down to what you've done with it. So yeah, if you've learned from it, is it still a regret? For sure. Why? Like, there, there's many shitty things, or there's a few shitty things that I've done yeah. that I just wish I never did but, in life. Whether I learned from it or not, I also can, like, I just think it's not black and white. It's just like, you can still learn that without having done the thing that you regret. Does that make sense? I would say I don't, I can, whenever I get asked that question, what yeah. is your biggest regret or what regrets do you have? I can't answer one. And that's just because of my way of thinking. I know I've got some friends that think the same way that they don't believe in regrets. I don't think I believe in regrets. Yeah. Because maybe in the, in the time being, okay, I just did something. Oh, I regret doing that because of this. But more times than not, I've come out the other end of as being a better version. Always. Always. Yeah. That, you know, sometimes, here's the thing. Sometimes life is funny. You, and this goes back to Hollywood. You watch these movies where it's always you know, the nice guy, the nice guy, the nice guy, and then he's successful. I don't think that happens. Mm. Like so many of us have to experience life through different lenses. And sometimes it's tough. Life is hard. And the people say that because when it gets hard, it's when you get better. Yeah. What is this kid doing? It's all good. This is, this is all good. Don't even worry. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's like, I know my hardest times and I can, I can name three of my hardest times my entire life have made me 10 times better than when it was when I first started. Anxiety really only started for me in college. Looking back, I had it my whole life, but college was such a difficult time for me. The two years I was living away uh, in London, Ontario, Mm. um, where my brain went, where my thoughts, what was happening to me, I thought this was going to be forever. It was the hardest moment of my entire life. Yeah. And I look at what it's done now and like, damn, I can now sympathize with people that know what it's like to feel that way. I can now be a voice for the people that are too scared to talk. Yeah. And so, I mean, look at us. We're we're making a podcast on mental health now. Truly. Sometimes you have to experience like the dirt in order to accept. Oh, yeah. I'm a concrete. I'm writing that on your like grave. But you know, I just think, yeah, it's just a different opinion. I I think, you know, you can still have regrets and still learn as much. Like I've learned so much and I've become such a better person by learning from the shitty things that I've done, from the shitty experiences I've had. So why is it a regret? It just is because I still like wish I still didn't do it. Okay, I got a question. I just want to play devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He crossed his legs. And <laughs> turned fully towards me. <laughs> now I'm sitting in the chair, my legs fully crossed, and I'm holding the mic looking right at yeah. him. Okay, listen. So you had something that happened to you that was a regret, right? Yeah. Or, or you regret doing it. Mm. And you said you've become a better person after. Yes. Now, let's say a genie comes down and goes, Amar, you can go back and get rid of that moment. Would you? Ye- Knowing that whatever, whatever stemmed yeah. the growth happened, that's going to. 
yeah so that's why i call my regret because if a genie does come down <laughs> and say that uh shout outs to arabs because we are the ones who Getting genies coming down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like enough Aladdin lamps in this house. Yeah, yeah bear. Look at the salt shakers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. This is awesome. Uh, Dan's finally taking in how Arabic this house is. <laughs> he's like, he's moving his head Everything over. I thought was a vase is actually like a, a shisha pipe. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. So okay. Um, yeah, like, so if, if they say, you know, we'll get rid of that. Yeah, like, bro, get rid of it. Because I think it's not so one zero it's not so black and white like i think i could have still learned the lesson without having done or experienced those bad things like i but, but you wouldn't have learned it at that point in your life when maybe it was necessary to learn it for sure but i don't believe that i had to go through anxiety or having anxiety right to really make a podcast about mental health and really care about it you know i what do I mean? well why would you, you care about it otherwise I just do. I just, I empathize with people that, but that might go through a mental health issue or, or whatever. And, but, you know, but speaking of, yeah, go ahead. but to what degree, like what degree would you be able to sympathize with them? Cause here's the problem. So many people that haven't gone through anxiety or, or mental health issues of any kind are the first ones to say, you know what? Let's go for ice cream. Let's, let's just snap out of it. Let's just take you away from this. Let's like this article. This doesn't, yeah, yeah, come off it. Just come off it. This, that doesn't happen. Your brain goes everywhere that you go. It, yeah. it, and that's where the mental health or illness lives, okay? So you can't just sympathize to the degree that people might need by saying, I care about mental health. Well, why do you care about it? If you felt it, if you, like for me, I remember in college being so absolutely scared of what was going on. I felt like my bones were shaking. Yeah. And I can't, no matter what I say, I can't put that to words on how, I don't want to say traumatizing, but how impactful that was for the rest of my life. Of course. Feeling that intense feeling of where your brain can take you. And from there, it's made me be able to have this and say, I can speak about this because mm -hmm. I've had it. I can take part. I've donated to the mental health ward at the hospital because I know that what they're going through is the scariest thing a human can experience. Yeah. Um, uh, look, by all means, I, you know, uh, no matter how much you think you can empathize with someone, the experience is always, almost always greater, right? And uh, for me, what I've done is I've just given everyone the unique experience. Like, even if we were both to have our own anxiety or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, if we were both, let's say, diagnosed with it, my experience is totally different from yours, right? Right. And even then... Right. So even then, it's like, I can't maybe see eye to eye with you, right? So the greatest thing that I can do is just work on my empathy and start to empathize with people in the best way that I can. Having it, not having it, or if we both have it or whatever, right? So it's like, I just say, I, I give more credit to empathy mm -hmm. and working on getting better at empathizing with people because I think you learn a lot. Like, there's a lot of things... There's a lot of shitty things you haven't done in life because you've learned it off someone else. Well, I don't think you can learn empathy. No, I, no, you, you can't learn. Well, I, I think you can work on like, empathy. and If someone's going through something very difficult and they're in the hospital, the, the default method is to go in there and be like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. I'm here. Make them laugh, right? Yeah. But if you're someone that has also gone through it and you go visit them in the hospital, you could say, wasn't that awful when they did this? And, oh, my God, this is what's going to happen. Like, you can connect with them on a level that that is unimaginable and, and provides comfort more than 
traditional empathy does. Like I know when I had um, anxiety attacks on a nightly basis, this was back Mm -hmm. when I first started having them. Uh, my dad did everything he could to help me, right? So he he came up to London when he was in town because he lived in Dallas at the time. And he brought me to a hotel downtown London. He got the nicest suite in the room. Like oh. Jay-Z stayed there when he was in town. This place was sick, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that was his way of empathizing with me was trying to make me as comfortable physically as possible. Of course. A nice suite. You go, let's go by the pool. But unfortunately, it, it didn't help as much as me going to sit in a room with someone I didn't even know just to talk about my problems and have them actually understand. It's like, um, you know, if I were to give you this seed and this is like categorized as the ugliest seed ever. Okay. Mm. And you plant it and you water it. And all of a sudden it turns into this gold leafed plant that has gold apples, whatever. Would you then wish that you never had the seed? Because now you've got this freaking million dollar plant in your house that if you get rid of that seed that originally, that ugly thing that happened. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I totally agree. Like, there's a I lot of... I don't want to change your opinion, by the way. I, I know it sounds like I am keep combating it. No, no, no. You know, I, I, I think, like... So, I totally agree that, like, a lot of things that we might, air quotations, regret or th- bad things that we've done or experiences that we wish we'd never had, right? You learn so much from it and Mm -hmm. you get a incredible amount of empathy from it and uh, life experience and how to tackle things and you become stronger and just you know uh, you just become much stronger i just know that there are some bad things or bad experiences or bad times that i just wish uh i didn't do and i also wish that i still learned the same lesson from it Obviously, I'm very happy and I'm very, I take, you know, I give a lot of credit to the lessons I've learned, but there are things that, you know, you just wish you didn't do. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Fair enough. I think um, it's, it's truly is a different thought process Yeah. that I can't say my way is right or you're, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. But we do connect on the importance of the lessons learned. Absolutely. Yeah. I think... People can do shitty things. Absolutely. I've, I've done, I'm sure, some yeah. shitty things in my life. But none that I sit awake with at night and dwell on because the lesson and the person I became is 10 times better and that I would never do it again. Like yeah. Lessons are lessons because they have to be taught and you have to kind of sometimes experience them yourself. Yeah. Um, but fair enough. I, I, I could see a lot of people having regrets in life. Yeah. And doing things and saying, well, no, I, I should never have done that because look, it's ruined my entire life. Yeah, I, I think if you profile it under that lens and it's that awful of a thing and it's created so much bad things in your life, I challenge you for the time being to look at other avenues or aspects of your life, the back ends of your life that may have gotten slightly stronger. Yeah. Your care for that person is spending time with that person. Your care for even them as an individual whereas before you didn't, you know? Mm. Um, who you've become with, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't think we're gonna get through all 17 of these because a lot of these aren't actual useful tips. Yeah, or, number one was a write-off. For, yeah, for imposter syndrome, but I'll go through the ones that, that would probably help. Um, expose yourself totally, right? So this one I think is help, helpful. They say, try this. Write for 30 minutes the most insane things about yourself. 
you will never show anybody this list, okay? Write your most ridiculous beliefs, your most terrible thoughts, and your biggest fraud. Just write gibberish if you think that this is crazy. Push into the deepest taboos you hold. Seeing these on paper doesn't get rid of them, but it externalizes things and puts them in a more sane perspective. Because hmm. right now it's living in a, in a bubble in your head that's like, this could happen. Yeah. When you put it on paper, you're like, wow, that's whack. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Damn. That's a good one. That could, that could probably help. Um, skip that one. Being wrong doesn't mean you're a fake. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, they basically say the best basketball players miss most of the shots that they take. The best traders lose money on most trades. Presidents are wrong about stuff all the time, as, as we can probably understand. <laughs> uh, the best football teams inevitably lose. Losing is just part of the game. Don't glorify failure, but don't let it make you feel like you're not a real contender either. Damn. It's like, how can I relate this? Um, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. The only Canadian team never won a championship, and somehow they won last year. Yeah, and everyone calls it, you know, a fluke win, you know. I hate that, man. So, you know, we had injuries, this, this, that. But it's like... It doesn't matter. Yeah, that, and, and people your... don't see that, like, all the times that we lost, like, you know, that, you know, the two years before that we lost to, or, you know, a few years before that we lost to LeBron twice in a row, and we were, like, two games away from the finals. And it's like, how is it that we kept coming so close and losing, and then when we come so close and we win... It's a fluke because, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. That's that's people trying to take away the win. Yeah. They can't let you have it, you know? Especially if you look at ESPN, they just posted the top 10 teams. Oh, the and, power rankings? Yeah, the power rankings. And the Raptors aren't even on there. Yeah, And yeah, they've yeah, won yeah. 12 games this season already. Well, you got the championship ring, bro. It's like they write off Canada because like, well, it shouldn't be in the NBA. The NBA doesn't stand for anything American. It kind of does. Where? National basketball <laughs> yeah but why is that yeah yeah i'm with you, I'm with you. it could be nationally in canada too yeah f you we bring so much money you know you're right <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they, yeah. uh you know but okay yeah, let, no, me, let me let me let me defend that point okay yeah. you look at uh nhl teams yeah uh you look at these american cities mm. that win championships they're like ha, ha, screw you america won our city won Look at, I dare you to look at the roster and see where they're from. Guaranteed 95% are Canadian. And 5% Sweden. 5% Sweden or Russian yeah. or Ukrainian. Like, trust me. Especially Amer the ones holding it down for your team are probably Canadian or Russian. 100%. Americans are great at hockey and they're getting better, but the NHL is dominated by Canadians. Totally. With you. So anyways, yeah. I don't want to get there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love when like American teams are like world champs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. World champs. Competition between Canada and America. <laughs> um, realize when you are holding back, you're robbing the world. Mm. So many of us mm. don't give in or give credit to things we do every day that become numb. Okay, so I, uh, for example, I go to meetings at this building in Toronto um, a few times a month. This building, when I first went there, was the biggest moment. It was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can't believe I get to go here. Uh, they have sets. They film TV shows there. But now I go, I don't even pull up my phone at all. Damn. It's, you know, it's like I should start showing that because as, as though it's not that cool to me anymore, yeah. to other people, it might be amazing. And the same goes for anything that you have inside of you. Are you funny? 
Are you suppressing it because you don't think you're funny? Yeah. Or you're weird you, or quirky? Yeah. In your case, uh, you know, if you were to say, oh, no one, no one cares about my videos or this or this, that. If you don't do videos, you're robbing someone of having that happiness or that emotional connection with you. And same thing for, you know, you're listening at home. Like, there's a lot of people when you go to work, they might not say it, but like they, you bring them joy. Like you make their life actually much better. Yeah. Right. And it, uh, for, for me, it's taken a, taken a few years to accept the fact that I don't care. I'll be cocky about it. I make people's lives better. Right. right? No. And if I don't do, or if I'm not me, or if I'm not putting out the things that I put out that make people better mm-hmm. or feel better. Right. If, you know, let's say I'm doing this mental health podcast. It's super easy for me to be like, oh, Amar, you don't know shit about mental health. Uh, you're, you didn't go to school for mental health. You know, you're just a guy talking about mental health. This, you know, you're, you're taking such a casual approach to it. But it's like, if I don't do it, if I feel that imposterness to it, if I don't do it, 100% I'm robbing at least one, two, a f- you know, a handful of people of having that weekly check-in even conversation though like, like or conversation like, look, we started exactly. this this podcast off with you saying i didn't even know you could be diagnosed with imposter syndrome yeah and it's like you taking that approach and you saying that honesty from you is representing a lot of people listening because mm-hmm. a lot of people probably didn't even know this was a thing yeah they didn't know you could be diagnosed i think in 2019 and i don't mean this in a condescending way but i think you can be diagnosed with a lot of things that might not be as aggressive to be considered diagnosed. You know what I mean? Um, Because I'm sure imposter syndrome can be very deep rooted and huge, but it is something that you, you can break if you work at it, talk it through and understand strategies, tactics, it's a realization really. Um, But yeah, anyway, let's do another one. Um, Realize that nobody knows what they're doing. This is true. This is my life motto, man. If I told you how many how many panels I've been on where there's been people that I'm like, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Like, why are you even here? You're using the word analytical and you think you're an influencer. Uh, Four syllables, baby. The, yeah. The, <laughs> the influencer world is so damn fluffy and fake and so many people don't know what the hell they're doing. It's just working. Yeah. <laughs> um, let, let me give you a time where I felt I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I can't because I'm amazing. <laughs> Let me try to think here. When did I not know what I was doing, man? I don't know, actually. No, man. You have one? All the time. I just, yeah, so many people, you just use, you know, you go into any meeting, you know, and they'll just have the fluff words out, shit like that. You know, you know just, what it is? Though? I think I look at people thinking, you don't know shit. You don't know shit. I, I love I it. mean, I don't know shit, but I know for sure you don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so then I feel like, okay, I fit in. Yeah, totally. Like I talk shit about myself. Like at the end of every every other sentence I say, I'm like, yeah, well, that, well, what do I know? Or, you know, uh, Amar, you don't know shit, right? Right. Yeah, every, yeah, you do say that. <laughs> but every other sentence, I'm probably saying that about someone else silently. And it's not judgment. It's just, you know, I'm just talking shit. I'm talking shit about myself. I'm talking shit about you. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you don't know shit. You know, like, I mean, I could see that maybe helping until it starts to affect your confidence by like, hey, I'm Amar and I don't know shit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you don't know shit, <laughs> right? It's like, but yeah, it would definitely suck if you're under the perception that 
everyone else knows what they're talking about. Like mm-hmm. everyone else mm-hmm. is like if everyone else knows their shit, that's a problem. If, if that's your perception. Well, then I think conflict would be so much bigger. If people weren't big enough to say, hey, you're right and I'm wrong. Yeah. Like this whole NBA thing we just talked about. It's like, yeah, that's true. You know, like the world would be a lot more difficult of a place if everyone was right all the time. And you know, this is this whole thing of, not this whole thing. Um, I think with like the internet growing and facts being available at our fingertips, right? I, I'd say use facts in quotation. Because even yeah. with Twitter, man, so many of these facts aren't even true. Truly. Um, and that's a fact. <laughs> um, but I think because like we can like search up any argument, you know what I mean? Uh, I remember like me and my friends used to have arguments a lot, right? Uh, about anything. And we just, you know, we just shoot the shit. We have arguments, right? But then when like it was so easy on the iPhone to just pull up Google and be like, you know, and get the objective answer, mm-hmm. right? Arguments kind of like lost their luster, you know? And now I feel like because there are so many air quotations facts on the internet, mm-hmm. right? You, you cannot be convinced, like you will not, the reason I feel like part of the reason we're so polarized as a people now, right, is because, you know, um, let's say global warming, right? Mm-hmm. Some people do not believe global warming is real or that it's man-made, right? Other people are like, here are the facts. It's, it's, it's happening at an alarming rate and it's man-made. And the other people are like, no, look at my facts, look at my statistics, yeah. and they show that they're not man-made, that cows farting is is the is the leading cause of uh, whatever global warming, and it's like because we have these internet facts, we become so much more polarized because like we literally have a scientist that's backing up our argument. Here's what I could relate you that know? to: is when I, I took a conspiracy theories class in college, Jesus, and the first thing that the professor said was, before you start a conspiracy theory, pick a side and lock in. You have to lock in what side because just like that facts thing you just said. When you're studying conspiracy theories, you will find strong theories on either side, which is why it's a conspiracy in the beginning. Yeah. Right? So you look at the moon landing. Did it happen? Did it not happen? You take a stance on whatever you think, and you just look at those facts. Because if you look at the opposing facts, there's some pretty uh, like alarming facts in there. You're like, oh, these, are, these could be real, man. Yeah. You know, so... Much like with with the facts and stuff, I don't even know how we got there. I don't know, but I had, a, a a good point. I had such a good point to like wrap it all up. But like in, in the end of the day, you know, you don't know shit. And uh, not only do you not know shit, everyone else does no, not yeah, know their shit. Nobody knows what they're doing, right? You know, nobody else knows what they're doing and just accept the world like that. Here's one, okay? Authenticity is a hoax. This is what they're saying. They, 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 I don't necessarily believe everything in this article, but I will say one thing that this is true is the imposter syndrome will have you believe that you are being inauthentic uh, or that you're a liar. If that's true, then where is your true self? The imposter syndrome doesn't give an answer because it doesn't have one. And in that case, just tell it to F off and realize that unless you are literally lying to people, you are being yourself. This happened. I have to check myself on a daily basis on whether or not I'm being Danocracy or Dan Roto. And I have to accept that that's the same person. I've tried to separate Danocracy as being this alter ego that isn't me at all, but it is so much me that I didn't even realize. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and whenever 
this imposter syndrome in me comes and says, well, that's not you. Why would you, like, what are you doing? It's like, well, why isn't it me? Hold on. Why isn't it me? Yeah. Exactly. You, you, it's just your brain trying to push you in a hole. I don't know why as humans, a lot of us, our brain is our biggest enemy. And you wonder why. And I think it's just because it's so powerful that we often go to what we think we know. And it's easier not to be in the spotlight. Yeah. And it's hard to change up that perspective. I got checked so hard on vacation. So hard by Luai. So hard. What happened? Uh, you know, we've been traveling together for like a week and a half, right? So, you know, we're not like super happy to, you know, with each other. And like, you know, it's not like we hated each other or anything. Like, I still love the guy. But, you know, you spend a lot of time with someone. You're not like, yes, I get to see Luai right. for a 10th day in a straight. You know? <laughs> like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, so, like, you know, I'd be like kind of like calm on just normal life. And then when I go on Snapchat, I'm like, What's going on, guys? Where are go? This is where we're going, and we're eating this and this and this. And he's like, he just looks at me. He's like, it's crazy how like you just flip the switch on, right? Right. right. Okay. And, yeah. and I was like, yeah, like it, it, it is nuts that I do that. But I was like, no, nah, f you. Like so that was like his check yeah. of like being like, you know, like, uh, you know, like that. It's almost like inauthentic. No, it's to not. do that. It's but not. to me, I'm like, bro, like people go to work. I I might have personal problems, right? But if I go to work wherever I work at the mail uh, right, post office right. or whatever, yeah. right? I'm still going to be nice with people. I'm still going to, even though my husband might be leaving me, I'm going to throw on another face, right? And I'm going to pretend I'm a different person. Not pretend I'm a different person, but I'm going to be happier. That doesn't mean yeah, so my what, whole life okay. is happy. What, what you said was a perfect example, right? Is, okay, you, you it's, I'm the same way. Yeah. You open up uh, Instagram story and all of a sudden you're this bubbly, louder version of you. Of course you are. Because yeah. who the hell is going to want to watch a story where you're like, hey guys, I'm here. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. That just means you're good at what you're doing. It doesn't mean you're a fake. Yeah. It means you're good at what you do. And so I've realized that too. And this is why whenever I travel for work, I always pick people that can handle seeing that. Because yeah. I use that word because I don't think a lot of people can handle it. They see it as like, oh, that's fake. Oh, that's weird. I bring my cousin Jeremy to a lot of trips with me. Because I can be in a hotel and a brand will say, you have a post that has to go up this afternoon and this is the terminology we want to use. This is our hashtag. And I'll try to fit it in 15 seconds. Yeah. We were in New York City. It took me 12 times, 13 times to get this one thing done. And I remember him lying in bed, like watching me walk across the room doing the same motion, same <laughs> joke. And I was like, he didn't get super phased, but that was the first time he saw behind the curtain and yeah. accepted it. Yeah. And didn't chirp me for it and didn't say, wow, you're a phony, you're a fake. It's, wow, you're good at your job. Like, yeah, like you're trying to get it down. It's like performing. It's like being an actor. Okay, you finally got it. It took me 13 takes. But when you're doing a script in 15 seconds, sometimes it's hard. Yeah, and it's so easy for someone to be like, oh, that 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 is so inauthentic or looks so inauthentic. But it's like, we were there when we had to do school speeches and you literally were practicing the same speech over and over again. Right. You're, you know, just pacing around the house or like when you go to work and you have to uh, pitch a new thing for work or you have to go to a meeting. Yeah. You practice. It's like, that's not being inauthentic. That's no, just not you being good at what you do. Yeah. Like you know, you, you know what you do to check them back is you get someone to call them and they'll most likely pick up the phone and go, hello? It's like, well, <laughs> hold on, hold on. You were just two seconds ago talking at a volume two yeah. and now you're talking about volume 10. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's my it. God, that's not even real because you're talking, it's like, you understand the telephone voice comes in many forms. Yeah. There's the Instagram face. There's the Instagram personality. Yeah. 
Uh, there's the podcast version of us. Of course. Right? People will listen and I'm a different guy on here than I am on YouTube because on YouTube, I don't say, um, I don't say like, because that stuff is often edited out. That's it. But on here, it's not. So there's many sides to people that doesn't make them inauthentic. In fact, you can reframe it and say, maybe they're actually really good at what they do for a living. Yeah. And, and if you're listening right now and you're someone that has imposter syndrome, plug this exercise in for you. What is someone going to say about you that you think makes you a liar or an imposter? Oh, because you're happy at school. And when you're at home, you're not happy and you just cry. That doesn't mean it. Maybe school is what makes you happy. Yeah. Maybe being that way makes you happy. And you're not alone. Like there's so many people that go through the same thing, whether they do the same profession as you, as you or different or whatever, right? 100%. Um, I know I could, when, right when I got this email, I'm like 100% I know what imposter syndrome is and I 100% can identify with it. Yeah. Um, but some of these some of these tips do work. Also, shout out to Luai for checking me because sometimes you need to be checked, you know? Because then it, get, it gets you into a place that you can like, where I check back or where I, you know, it puts you in a creative spot where you can, Think of new ideas. I mean, this, and, and again, this goes back to our constructive criticism yeah. debate. <laughs> yeah. But also, he didn't call me out as inauthentic. I looked at him and I was like, yeah, it looks inauthentic right now. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubting it because all of a sudden your situation changed, but it's, it's a performance. Yeah. It's like, it, you know what it'd be like if you're a, if you're a lighting guy on the set of Marvel, mm. okay, and um, the Hulk, because he's not, it's an actor with CGI, he just does the motion going, Ugh! And you just go, whoa, 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 what a phony. He's not even turning green. <laughs> yeah, he's it's like, hunk. no, but he's doing the motion and in CGI, they're going to make him green because that's his job. Yeah. He has to do it like that. It's the same with being an influencer. <laughs> to be honest, man, like. <laughs> You're just a hulk. I've seen so many people, me included, take pictures that look, look so candid. Yeah. But they're a little bit more scripted than you might think they are. Yeah. Everything. Even if you're not an influencer, it's probably scripted these days. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I did on my last Instagram I'm not an photo? influencer and I've had like 20 take Snapchats. Of course, you don't have to. Like two <laughs> Instagrams ago on mine, it, there's a picture of me looking at a, a melting popsicle. Mm. I'm going to reveal this secret on here. There if we you go. were to look at the ceiling, okay, I photoshopped out a um, fire detector. Don't do it, man. You don't, you don't got to reveal no, the I just want, I, I'm just going to give this one out. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but you're right. I, I shouldn't have to do this. But yeah. if you go on there, you'll notice the ceiling was completely flat and smooth. Mm. That's great. But you guys never would have known this unless I revealed it to you. And I'm only doing this as a gift. Okay, so bow down. <laughs> so if you go in the picture, I want you to know that if you look at the ceiling, it'll look completely flat, but there once was a fire detector there mm. or smoke detector. Takes away from the story, man. Takes away from the story. But I like people need to understand that my house isn't even as perfect as it might look. And I'm okay to admit that. It's just for the photo, it looked better without it there. Yeah. It doesn't make me a fraud. I don't stay awake at night going, oh my God, people won't know that there was never a smoke detector. That, you know, I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> Gets called out now. Yeah. <laughs> they go through all my photos. Well, there, it's not there again. Yeah. But, you know, it's tough if you don't have that, uh, not just self-awareness, but like that self-confidence to be like, I'm not a phony or I'm not an imposter for taking uh, a smoke detector out because... It sucks that for some people that actually matters and that, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm sure they want to hear it gets better and I, it will get better. Sometimes you also need someone that tells you like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. To feel like that, you know? Oh my gosh. I have to get my car. It closes in one hour. I didn't even realize that the closing. Oh, really? uh, anyways, this was a really good conversation. 
Um, to those of you that are affected by imposter syndrome, it is to my strong understanding and my belief that this is not something that is permanent. I'm pretty sure this is not something that's permanent. It's a, it's a thought pattern. It's a chronic self-doubting thought process that you can get through if you are consistently challenging these thoughts of you not being good enough or that you're a fake or that you're a liar. Yeah. Look at why you're a liar or what, what are you doing? And is it really even lying? If it, Are you hurting anybody? Are you retaining information? If you're even telling a story and you're like, oh, that didn't happen, I'm fake. No. A good storyteller is a master at embellishing. Mm. I know this because my brother, you you look at him at a party, he'll tell a story. And, he, and I was at the, some of these story events and I'm just like, well, that didn't happen, but I'm going to let it go because it makes for a better story. Shout outs to you, man. You know? We need more people like you because I'm a, I'm a storyteller. Oh, and people call you out, eh? <laughs> it was Tuesday, not Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's actually wearing a yellow shirt, just so you know. God damn. I was like, you're ruining the story. But, you know, if you go on uh, YouTube and you look at my video, the first time seeing boobs, mm-hmm. that's a true story. But I embellish it with sound effects and, and visuals that make it an even better story. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just because I'm an entertainer. Yeah. So categorize yourself differently. Maybe that'll help. But I'm not a rapper. You can be. Just categorize. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, okay, there you guys have it. That is uh, our chat on imposter syndrome. If you guys want help with anything, please feel free to DM me or Amar or send an email because we got you. Take criticism constructively. Love yes. You. And regrets, they don't exist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys in the next one. Later. Love you guys.